we really enjoy these random episodes. It's always cool to kind of see where they go. Hopefully you enjoy random episode number two. If you want to be part of guiding the conversation on future random episodes, just reach out on the social medias or on email. Send us a message of, with that. We'll take care of some business and then get right to it. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast and will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted cited copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. The first random episode was so fun, we thought we'd do it again. We start with stories from the field and enjoy some tangents along the way. Jamie looks at the benefits of a double lanyard. Rob looks for a good excuse to buy the Rock Exotica CMC Rescue MPD pulley. Corey asks about transplanting trees, I tell fish stories, and Lacey uses Google to keep us honest. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we tell random stories using hand gestures on a podcast on random episode number two. All right, we're here doing another random episode, so... We just weren't really sure where we wanted to go. We had a couple topics, and, you know, if we don't have one that's speaking to us that we're just motivated to do, we're just going to do these random shows and just see what comes up. Um, but before we get too far into it, my name's Andrew. I'm Rob. Uh, Jamie. And Corey. Lacey. We got Lacey back back with the crew, so, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of get into it and uh, see where it goes. I think, as always, we'll start with fields from, or stories, fields from the stories. Fields. <laughs> stories fields. from the field. Fields from the field. Yeah. Nice. I got a good story from the field. Um, uh, Riverbend Hospital here in Eugene has a really big grove of fir trees. Probably, I don't know, like 100 fir trees that are probably eight, 180 feet, plus or minus. Really big grove of trees here here in town, so... Um, we have the honor of pruning them and deadwood in them primarily. It was it was always one of my favorite jobs to go to because it's just <laughs> just climbing giant firs all day when when we do those jobs and it was always on a windy day. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> it was always windy. on my Facebook timeline. It all, every now and then it's these little videos come. You know, this one was four years ago. This one was six yeah. years ago, and it's just always up in a fir. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we were moving back and forth a solid 15 feet for nice. sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was cool. We, we probably had, I think, about 14, 15 people there, a bunch of climbers, a bunch of grounders, just shredding hard. It was a great kind of showcase of the company and what we're up to these days, what we can do. Um, but I had, I had one, one tray climbed up to the top, Deadwood on the way up, and then I had already – shot a line in a tree that was like 50 feet over from it and i took that line up with me and then just threw an ascender on it and rappelled down and scooted into the other tree nice. hiked nice. right up there on the line i already had set nice. nice and then ripped it up uh or ripped it up on the way down <laughs> sweet i remember uh at that to, to give you an idea of how tall these trees are 
<clears throat> on a phone, you know, on one of my old iPhones, I got a video where I was at the top of one of the taller trees there. And one of the helicopters, the life flight helicopters came in and landed on top of the helicopter on top of the hospital. And by the end of the video, I kind of filmed it coming in and landing and I was level, if not looking down on it. Oh, wow. That's you know, a, yeah. It's, it's a very tall building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's always nice to revisit it. I, you know, one thing I was thinking about when I was there is, um, could be cool to, to use some of those hormones I was talking about or pheromones that detour the bark beetles. Cause I could see some entry holes and oh, like, yeah. Man, we don't want to lose this grove. We should uh, we should try and keep those bark beetles out of here. Yeah, cool test site. Yeah, yeah, up there. definitely. Oh, they'd be into it also. They love that grove. Have yeah. you looked more into those? Because I, I put them up once, and I remember there's like a certain height in the tree, a certain side of the tree, everything like north facing or something like that. Did you look into that at all? Yeah, it is on the north side of the tree. They say that it's effective if if you just put it uh, like eight to twelve feet above the ground. I think that's probably just because a lot of people can only put it that high. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually haven't put them higher at my house just because I just put them up and I I haven't climbed up any of the trees to do that yet. But, yeah. Um, from what I hear, it works. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've looked into it some, heard some stories. I don't have any firsthand experience, but I'm really hoping so because, you know, there's so many people that have furs that are dying and um, I, I'm like 90% sure that if, they give them a drink when they're thirsty and keep the bark beetles away. That that'll that'll save a lot of them. What was the name of it? M C H. It's like uh, it's called the bubble bubble caps. Bubble caps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to. Um, one of my neighbors actually. They have a, we have a bunch of firs that are dying off on my hill, and one of my neighbors was asking about that, and I recommended the product to them, and they were talking to one of their Christmas tree people, uh, somebody who one of their friends who owns a Christmas tree farm and they were the Christmas tree guy was saying that it's a weevil that is killing a lot of the, the Christmas trees. Oh, really? And I, I, I looked it into it and it's, it is, there is a, a bark or a, a Doug fir weevil that, a is weasel. Also, that is also doing the same thing. I don't know if it's, I didn't like soup research it like super hard, but it, it seemed like it was killing more like new growth kind of stuff. Hmm. So Interesting, but I didn't I didn't find any kind of treatment options for that. So I, I I recommended the the MCH bubble caps if it was bark beetle, but they seemed to think it was these weevils. Which yeah, um, I, yeah. I didn't get a good look at the trees. Obviously, it was just a Facebook post. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the MCH. I'm not positive, so don't quote me on it. But I think that the MCH is good for the Douglas fir beetle and the spruce beetle. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That is correct. Oh, that is oh correct. nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> You said something too. Give them a drink when they're thirsty. Like that's a an easy thing a lot of people can do. Like in the hot, hot, dry summer months, you know, give them infrequent, deep, deep waterings, like gallons, yeah. gallons on those things. There was a a neighborhood in Ashland, and I remember it, it was a client of ours, and and the beetle was going around. This, you know, there was uh, with ponderous pines, right? Mm just pines dying everywhere but he was on top of his watering he was telling me his watering schedule and i was like whoa man you're on it and nice. all his trees were looking great so i mean the beetle comes in as a secondary to the drought stress right yep right only if the trees have lots of water they're able to like kind of push it out with with yep. their their sap like yeah the, w the way it was explained to me is that when they get enough water they can put up thicker shell walls when, or thicker bark walls when they're growing that those new uh, limbs or new growth or whatever 
And if they aren't, they don't have that nutrients or that water to be able to push as much nutrients into those 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 bark walls. The beetle can invade a little bit easier. Okay. And, and I'm assuming it's the the sap too, because they yeah. they use the sap to kind of pitch clear, them out. Yeah. yeah, pitch them out. Well, and I think that the trees actually put off like a hormone or a smell or something when they're stressed. Yep. yep. And and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, and that so that the bugs are attracted to that. So if they're not stressed, then they're not attracting the bugs. I mean, right. It's yep. kind of a negative feedback cycle. They send it out that that <clears throat> signal and then all the bugs hear it and they're like, Oh, Hey, or smell it. And then they're like, Oh yeah, free dinner. Here we go. Can I give a shout out to another podcast? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Completely arbitrary. Oh yeah. They have one on the lodgepole pine and the beetles, you know, attacking them. And it's awesome. Go listen to that. You know, they're way more in depth than our little conversation here about it. Oh, they're, they're so professional compared they're to so us. Awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're an awesome podcast. It was cool. I just listened to it yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I think Beckett told me about that. Either Jeff or Beckett told me about that one first. Yeah. And it, it just took a while. You know, I have enough podcasts where, you know, I was just waiting for it to make sense to listen. And then I listened to it, and it was like four in a row or something like that. Yeah. Just cruised through them. They're good. You're going to really enjoy it if you go listen to it, but still come back and listen to us. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're still good, too. We've got, yeah. we've got plenty of poop jokes coming. Don't worry. Yeah. Remember, the sour makes the sweet that much sweeter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. But, yeah, that's, a, that's something uh, everyone can do to help kind of protect their trees, you know, mulch yeah. and deep, deep waterings in that, in that hot, hot summer months. We... Uh, when I first moved into the house we're in now, we've been here for six years. Mm-hmm. And the first tree I planted like a weekend was, it was like a little uh, birch and a little paper bark birch that, you know, was being hit by bronze birch borer. And I just didn't have any trees and we were removing it. I just got the house. I was like, hey, do you mind if, you know, it's not very big. I was like, you mind if I just dig this up? I need some kind of tree in my yard, you know? <laughs> and so I dug it up, put it in a spot where it was kind of a shaded spot where it got, you know, lots of groundwater would just stay there year round. And I removed it this year because I was starting to see signs of bronze birch borer again. But same thing, I just watered the hell out of it. It had a lot of water and it was shaded by this hedge. So it wasn't in the direct sun. And there was just years where the beetle disappeared and then just didn't come back for years. Interesting. Yeah, and so I, I kind of wondered if that, you know, if one, if it was in the shade, so it, it was a little cooler, you know, it was those those uh, chilly mornings would stick around a little longer and maybe just make it a little, little less desirable for the beetle. And then also just, it just had so much water that. Yeah, and the tree itself is more adapted to like colder climates, right? That's kind of why they're, mm-hmm. the, the birches. <laughs> I I think so. I th- they're I know they're more of a riparian species. Oh yeah, the okay. birches are up in Alaska and right. in real cold climate. Yeah, yeah. and they've uh, I think they've actually found there's a, like a bunch of weird little pockets of birches, like the um, American birches, because the in the Missoula flood event back in you know eons and eons ago, mm-hmm. there was a little pocket of them that like the whole ground just kind of shifted, and there was like a little island that just mm. got transplanted. Whoa. I, th- I think it's in the the Wallawas, actually. Oh yeah, here in yeah, eastern yeah. Oregon. There's I a little just up there. Yeah. yeah, there's a little pocket of them that they say during the Missoula flood Whoa. got transplanted. Whoa, that's pretty wow. Bizarre. That's how intense it was, and they're like they're. Um, I think the reason they you know they they did genetic testing. They said this is the same as you know this this pocket that's like you know miles and miles and miles and miles away. 
That's amazing. Which is, yeah, pretty crazy. All their roof systems all held together. (laughs) Yeah, I would would like to see that. Like just just an island of trees just floating off in the the distance. Probably some critters running around. (laughs) (laughs) What what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Mobile home. The the birches are way up in Fairbanks. I I remember seeing them up in Fairbanks when I was up there, yeah. Yeah. 50 below zero and no light for six months out of the year. (laughs) They're super hardy. I do not know how people can survive up there. That is, uh, I couldn't do that, man. <laughs> a lot of them don't. Fair point. Not a desired destination for some. <laughs> but you know what? For the people that love it, they love it. Yeah. And Just hey, like tree climbing. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. takes all types. Hey, man, it's it's like the last frontier. I mean, it, it, yeah. You have that feeling when you go up there. Uh, the community is different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a feeling of we're all in it together. Because you, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you in months of darkness. So yeah. It's you versus month of darkness. So. Anybody else have any good stories from the field? I started using the double lanyard, Corey. Fuck yeah. On certain trees. <laughs> oh, nice. I think the first one I did was the walnut pruning I did with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just cool because can, I can get to really weird spots in the trees with, like, really undesirable rope angles, but super safe. Like, I'm lanyarded in. And it's time to, like, advance my lanyard. Well, I got my second one. Throw that up, move up, you know, get into these crazy. Oh. I've been doing storm damage work up north. Yeah. And there's like, oh, the central tie-in point is hung up in the tree over there. So <laughs> I got to find this weird tie-in. And it's just always weird rope angles, super awkward stuff. And that double lanyard has been awesome. I don't climb with it all the time. But when I can tell things are going to get weird, I'll bring it up with me. And what I do is I, I have my normal lanyard, which is like a 22, 24-foot, I think, 24-foot lanyard. And that hangs on my lower D's, you know, because that, that's a long one for, like, a secondary climbing system kind of feel. Right, right. And then, a, like, a 12-foot lanyard is my shorty that hangs on my, my hip D's. Nice. It's nice. been awesome. It's so cool. It's kind of a – I mean, it's old school, right? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. A, lot of the, yeah. a lot of the, like, timber guys, they'll use just two lanyards, and when they're climbing up first to, like, do any kind of topping or anything, they're just going up with spurs and two lanyards, and they use that second lanyard to go around, or they use the – the double lanyards with the lanyard with the, the um, clip on either end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. With a prusik. With a prusik, yeah. With a yeah. prusik or a Gibbs or yep. know, whatever. Yeah. And I was talking to my wife about one of the contractors that are <clears throat> doing some wildlife projects for her right now uh, for the Forest Service. And she was saying that, he, and he's been doing it forever for probably 30, 40 years. And I, I don't think that he's ever climbed up a rope. He just spurs up everything, just progress yeah. you know progressive climbing up over limbs and then ties in double rope and rappels down yeah, yeah. and still does it to this day even though you know there's so yeah. much different to be clear i still have a climbing rope and a tie-in yeah. <laughs> yeah. i just have two lanyards you're, yeah. you're, you're not you're not just you're not just, you're not just spraying absolutely no. Yeah. <laughs> no but it's 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 cool man like you know there's trees where you know, multiple stems kind of go up and it, it's kind of tough to get out to certain ones to like get your redirect to work that part of the tree. And this just makes it so much easier because you're just alternating lanyards on your way up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Instead of like hanging on, hanging from one arm while you unclip one, you know, and yep. I don't, don't want to swing. I can't take a swing. And throw the other <laughs> don't one let go. Don't quick. let go. Don't let go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been really cool. I think uh, everyone should try it oh, for yeah. the right tree. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good trick. What they used to call that monkey, monkey tails, uh, the monkey tail with the two lanyards or um, 
monkey tailing up a tree or uh, something? The monkey tail was what we used with PTCI to tie in. Yeah. When, when we get off the rope and, well, and just want to stay stationary in a tree boat. Th- yeah, we'd call those monkey tails. They were Those were... Split tail. So the monkey, what you're talking about was basically a pickoff strap, right? Essentially. Yeah, it was a pickoff strap that you'd use to connect to a client a lot of times if they were all freaked out and wanted that extra security. Sometimes you, I just... It's like a strap lanyard kind of. Yeah. Adjustable with the with the with the uh, buckle. Yeah, yeah, pickoff strap. Yeah. But I seem to remember uh, calling monkey tailing when you'd have two lanyards and you just kind of climb up with the two lanyards and then set your line at the top and come on down and start working the tree like old school style. I think I think uh, yeah I think it's alternating lanyard technique. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ALT. 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 Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it just became new school. <laughs> Alt climbing. Alt yeah. climbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, man. Don't think of a better one. Alt. <laughs> yeah. It's not but a yeah. great beginning for anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it also helps you, like, uh, just stabilize yourself in, in weird oh, yeah. spots, too. It's been it's been really cool. I'm so glad I, I tried it. And it's going to stay in the kit, and I'll use it all the time now. Nice. Nice. And that's a good idea, just using two lanyards. I On my system, I've just got the tail end of my lanyard, which I've got probably 25 feet or so. Yeah. But the tail end of it is the, the, the second the, one. The, the second one. But I'm not super in love with it, so I don't know. Yeah, one thing I ran into is I have the same kind of rope for both of them. So it can, you kind of got to like sort it out like, oh, that's this one, this one. So I got to switch that up. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was at Jerry's Home Improvement hardware store here lately, and I saw in the garden section this like this book of garden tools and on the back of the book there was a Husqvarna ad with a climber that had a lanyard that had like a automatic retractable like oh, device on yeah. it what? I've seen those yeah I've seen the, those I, I, that was the first time I saw it I was like how how's the first time I've seen this at the garden section in Jerry <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> probably uh, if the, none of the pros are using it then that's probably why it looked interesting what have you guys what? yeah so I remember the aerial rescue or tree stuff's aerial rescue rally that we did one yeah. of the teams was it the one of the British guys I think so they had it, and it's like this plastic. Um, yeah, it looks it looks like a Tommy Gun magazine. Huh. Yeah, I almost. Think <laughs> no, that's not it. But that's the idea. So it, like it's a, a lighter idea. leash. It looks yeah. similar something I can right? think of. Like it, you you pull it out and it retracts to yeah, you. Yeah, it's right? like beeline. I or I don't know if it's beeline, but it's a. Thi- I think I've seen it where it's thinner ropes, so you can fit more into the thing, and you know you can. Um, let's see. Basically, you can no, pull it, it out and it'll close. stop. Yeah, and then you could like pull it and it'll retract into itself. Like yeah. an air compressor hose. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect. It must perfect. have a ratchet <laughs> yeah, system yeah. in there like that. Does it have a way to like lock off so that you it can't like? Because if you're like sitting there jostling with it, does it have a way to like? I'm sure. I'm sure that there's still a uh, you know a pressic or a uh, rope. Uh, yeah, it's just a manager. Yeah, so oh, oh, oh. yeah, it's yeah, not manager. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, so you're not actually clipping into. It. You adjust no, it up, yeah. it click, yeah. click, yeah. click. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm safe now. <laughs> clicking in there. Plastic drum. Yeah. <laughs> this thing's yeah. rated to two kilonewtons. Yeah. I'll be all right. 
Twenty yeah, bucks says someone tried that though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a I mean, no, Corey, it's uh, it's good to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it a lot, and I don't think I've seen it on any like arborist supply stores on like tree stuff or anything like that. I, I think it's, it's a, a British thing. It's just at Jerry's. It's yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just in the only in that magazine. Though. You <laughs> yeah. can't actually buy it. Yeah. I I think I've seen them on like some uh, supp- supplier based out of the UK. Okay. For oh, some okay. reason, and I think a lot of on the Instagram uh, profiles of those guys over there, I've seen them more often. So. Interesting. Did the UK guys have some fun stuff? Yeah, I've got some stuff that's not available here in the states for whatever reason. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Keeper? It's like a lanyard manager tool. Yeah, I've been wanting to try it, but I. No. Yeah. What What is it? I almost bought it, but then I was like, you know what? Let me take a second and fiddle with my stuff, and I've got it to where I like it now. But it's like this Westberg Keeper. It's shaped like. The flux capacitor from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep, a yep. T-bone kind yep. of, right? Yeah, no, it is. So the, the rope coils around those, and it clips to your hip. So you got like three or four loops right there. And then you use all your slack, and then to retain that slack, you unclip it and pull it out, and all those loops come back, and then you hang it back up. Does that make sense? It does, but I just... It's I, got from these... Hearing, from Hearing your explanation, (laughs) (laughs) we went from flux capacitor to lanyards. Took a weird turn there. Yeah, so it's got these three rollers set kind of in a triangle, and your rope weaves through there, and it makes a series of loops. Right, so that's where all your and I think there's a pin. So it it weaves through the three rollers, and then there's a pin down. Yeah, there's a pin down below. Runs through that, and then it runs through like so. Three rollers in a triangle runs through one side down in through the pin, and then up through the other side. So it, mm. it does like a little S. Yeah, and you have these big loops. Use up all your slack. Is, is this it over here? Pull it out to your side. Yep, that's it. Interesting. Pull it's it like out a to series the side, of pulleys. And then it creates all yeah. those loops again. And your you're, you know, your yeah. lanyard's hanging knee level or whatever. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I want to try one, but... It's a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks? Yeah, but... Bucks. For, what, what for a chintzy piece of plastic. Yeah. What about know. that Rock Exotica pulley that's seven hundred and thirty-five bucks? I haven't yeah, seen that. I do want to try that one. I want to try it too, but the I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> Is that the, the, Keanu? the big yeah. Omni block? Oh, they're seven hundred. Uh, no, it's not Omni Omni block. I I've never used one. I just saw. Is it the zipline thing? No. Okay. No. Oh, are, are you talking about the material handler? Handle, handler, the OmniBlock material. It has handler? like adjustable friction on the pulley part of it, and it has a piece that can stop it. And if I read correctly, it has like a like an advantage built into it as well, so you can have like a mechanical advantage built into this pulley, well, hey or man. something that stops it, or something friction? that adjusts the friction to Whoa. provide more friction on the pulley. So it sounds like it's an aerial. Um, a Swiss GRC. Army block. Swiss Army block. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was it called? It's a Rock Exotica. Gosh, I I saw an ad on the on the internet that I've I've never used one. Sounds like an aerial GRCS, which for seven hundred fifty bucks for an aerial GRCS, <laughs> Rock Exotica uh, rescue pulley, seven hundred and thirty five dollars. I'll narrow it down. Pull that shit up, what, what, what's, what's yeah, the, come on, <laughs> Well, I was going to say, as far as the Keeper goes, the K1 Keeper by Neat Freak, uh, you don't get to ever try it out right now because it is unavailable. Oh, no. So is it because it's super awesome or everyone said, no, thank you? Horseshit. You don't know. That's unavailable? It's unavailable, <laughs> at least on the West Burst side. God. I mean, you could always check Craigslist God. if you feel safe with that. Damn it. Well, yeah, it's not a piece of life safety. And even if it is a piece of life safety, if you lick it, it'll probably be okay. Oh, for 
Um, so Rock Exotica. Rescue. Just rescue? That's yeah, called. it's a rescue pulley. Like a rescue double pulley? Or just put rescue pulley in. Okay, they're not showing any prices on here. So machined pulley? Oh, it's definitely machined. Okay, let's just check to see if it'll give me a price, and that'll help to narrow it down here. Because I know they came no, out no. with that other one, the um, the material handler one. Not that one's not 750 It's like 350 It's much more manageable. But it's uh, it'll hold up to 5 eighths. Go check tree stuff. Uh, oh, okay, inch capacity. Call. And it'll it's just a block. It's just an omni block. It's just like... An omni, omni block on steroids, but yeah, just a bigger, bigger capacity and, mm-hmm. and more. Yeah, because that's that's one of, strength. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my biggest uh, complaints with the omni blocks is that they only take half inch diameter, which you know it's great for using just half inch. But if you ever wanted to use big stuff, yeah, not really great. That's where those CMI blocks are pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you got one yet? Nope. Nope. Oh. I just bought my first omni block. <laughs> 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 I saw. I've uh, been using rings forever. But I mean, if you're lifting things, you really want a pulley. Like yeah. that friction, oh, yeah. it works against you in a lifting operation, right? Mm-hmm. You're putting way more forces than need to be there. Yeah, yeah. and pulling pulling hangers like I've so been it's pulleys. the yeah. my rigging kit's been all rings, but I'm starting to stock up. Rock Rock Exotica CMC Rescue MPD pulley. That's quite a name. Let's see if that'll pull it up. It didn't have oh, it. that thing right there. Oh yeah, that's seven hundred thirty-five dollars. Right on the nose. What are the, right on the nose? No cents. No thirty-five. No cents. cents. Oh no. wow. Just seven thirty-five. Wow. Although. Can I see it? Yeah. Check see, out that. Here's, here's the specs, specs right here too. Oh okay, so it just snakes up through there. That looks way too complicated for me. <sighs> Variable friction descent control device for rescue systems and repels. Oh, so it's for like rope rescue. See that automatically tax five hundred dollars onto the price. Right. Yeah, are you getting one? We're, we're just blown away by this. Uh. Um, it's Santa might give me one. <laughs> <laughs> so you use it for just lowering operations, or is it just for what? What's the rating on it? Twenty four. Well, it it forty nine. Forty nine. It's rated up to thirteen millimeter. Yep. Half inch rope. Forty nine kilonewtons. It sounds like a rope rescue yeah. piece, yeah. you know. To oh. It said it incorporates a high-efficiency pulley with an integral rope-locking mechanism or ratchet for a haul system. Built-in, Beckett allows cleaner rigging and more efficient pulley systems, allows mainline and uh, belay line rigging to be mirrored or twin-tensioned. Functions as both a lowering brake and as a ratcheting pulley for raising. Ooh, we could have used that that last week. <laughs> um, and then ideal for confined space operations because it converts rapidly to a retrieval line. Mm. A lot going on. That's why it's seven or thirty-five dollars and zero cents because it'll do fucking everything. Interesting <laughs> piece. But it's probably not made for rigging trees. Oh, no, it's forty-nine k- kilonewtons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. We you can we could figure out. something. Out. <laughs> <laughs> we we can do something with that. I, I feel some uh, recreational rigging coming on. <laughs> <laughs> recreational rigging out of a recreational boom truck. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, read the owner's manual if you get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw that shit away, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Corey, you got a story? Um, More of a question, actually, for the group. Um, I'm not really experienced with um, transplanting anything at all. I usually just kill trees because that's my... (laughs) (laughs) um, Transplanting with a hammer? (laughs) Well, transplanting into... (laughs) Into a chipper. Okay, into a chipper. (laughs) I do do a lot of that. No, but uh, so we're... I'm, I bid on this job, like 
two weeks ago, and he has a, a Japanese lace leaf maple in his backyard, and it's probably about the same size as this table, probably six inch DBH at the base of it, and he wants it transplanted because he's just he doesn't want it anymore. And I want it because it's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, how would I go about that? I'm going to do it in the fall, obviously. You know, dormancy and all that. I'll just back the trailer up to it. But like, like how how deep around the base should I go? How much root mass should I save? How deep should I go? The question is, how much can you lift? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because when you're when you're digging it out, you're you know you're going to need a lot of dirt, mm-hmm. and that's really heavy. So if you had a skid steer, you can take a little more. But uh, so the idea is, once you kind of determine the minimum yet slash maximum root ball you can take, uh, you want to kind of dig a trench down around it. Okay. And then uh, I've done it where I've like wrapped it with, you know, uh, like if you wrapped it with burlap and then a rope to kind of hold all that dirt in, Okay. you know, and then you try to start working under it. You know, it's a hell of a lot of digging Mm -hmm. and you start working under it. And then once you kind of pop it with those big, you can kind of like tilt it one way and put a little dirt under here and then tilt it back the other way and put a little dirt under and then tilt it back and put it, you know, Mm -hmm. and you slowly can lift it up that way if you don't have a skid steer. Okay. Um, but it's just a real, a whole lot of work and a real uh, kind of tedious process. Right, right. But uh, I want this fucking tree. I'm gonna is, there, <laughs> is there truck access? There is truck access. I was going to, so I'm, I've got a winch that I'm going to put on my trailer and I'm going to try to integrate that somehow. But it sounds like if I do your tactic and then maybe wrap a winch line around the base of the tree and then try to like get it so, up onto the back of the tree. Yeah, try to get it up on the plywood. Okay. And then... Uh, you know, if you, you know, uh, drill some holes in the plywood, put some carabiners on there, and then maybe try winching the plywood up onto a ramp Ooh, or honestly, using rollers. You could you could just get a hold of me, and I'll, I'll bring my crane truck over. I got or, that knuckle boom crane truck. <laughs> or what you do yeah. is well, you that, call Big Rob <laughs> say, I need the knuckle boom, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm going yeah, to give you a call. I, in I like, would love to help. Oct- <laughs> all right, October and November, I'm giving you a call then. You got it. Sweet. <laughs> and depending on what time we have uh, or what the location is in the backyard, call locate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Corey was a locate guy there. back before oh, he was a tree okay, guy. Okay, there you go. Gas lines. That's yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's always surprising where you're like, oh, there shouldn't be anything there, and then there's something and, and then there. There's something there. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just something. It's uh, you know a five inch gas line that will blow up literally the entire neighborhood and everything you know and love. Or an electrical oh. electrical line where you're like, uh, you can have the stump. We're not going to stump grind that. Sorry. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't fuck around with stuff underground. I don't fuck around with stuff above ground either. I fuck nothing. Just yes. right at ground level. Yeah, right, right at ground level. Anything above or below that is a no-go. He doesn't even climb, just use the full size. Fuck it, it's too tall. We're going to just drop the whole tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah. There's a client that wanted that has an awesome uh, lace leaf maple. It's probably like a six and a half, seven foot tall lace leaf maple, this beautiful thing. And they're, I, you know, they're cutting it down because they want to put an awning and extend their porch there. And it, I even, I did everything to try to get them to keep it. I even pruned a lot of deadwood out for free. I was like, let me just play with it for a half hour just to show you some potential. And, you know, just, like, just the deadwood. I didn't get, go crazy on it, but 
you know, they're like, no, the, you know, we we want more porch here. Yeah. Like, they not like, call you back. Keep going. Prune harder. Prune harder. Yeah. So just I'm chaining myself to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they weren't into. Uh, no. So uh, <laughs> the wife was into transplanting it potentially. Okay. And I was, I was selling that as a, you know, I was like, this tree is not, you know, we could I kind of explain that process of you dig down and you protect the roots and you, you slowly get it up. And uh, she was into it, but. I think she, her husband probably got home and decided against it. I even called him back like, Hey, I talked to your wife and she had some ideas and you know, do you know how they handle transplanting? Uh, you know, probably would want to do it, you know, in fall. Right. You know, and get as much roots. I don't know. I don't know how they handle it compared to other things, but from all my research and we're going to do some research this fall, but from all my research, they seem to transplant decently well. Yeah. You know, that, as long as they're not, you know, old growth. That That's the feeling I get. That being said, I don't want to shout it out to everybody and then have someone kill their beautiful tree trying to move it across the yard. <laughs> oh, no. Well, and it's always, you know, aftercare, like knowing that you're doing the appropriate aftercare. You're not like, Big oh, time. I'm just going to plop it over here in this hole and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But, you know, making sure it's enough water and that the soil is good and all that stuff. Do but, you think it's a problem that I planted it upside down? In clay. <laughs> in clay. Yeah. And granite. Granite. And granite. <laughs> I put it on my back porch and it's just not doing good. <laughs> Gotta make sure to bury the root flare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bury as much the tree as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I figure like Trees love dirt. anything's not like anything it's gonna if then something's gonna cut down, then anything's better. Because you know it's gonna die when you cut it down. So at least giving right. it a shot. Give, of, give it half you know. yep. give yeah. it half a chance and if it dies yeah. well. It could be, could be good to give it some, uh, like, root kind of stimulating, yeah. yep. like, vitamin B. Or the, what about the, as in the micro-rising? Micro-rising, yeah. Yep. Get some uh, fertilizer with micro-rising in it, and uh, that'll go a long ways. That's that's next level right there. Yeah. Just dust it. Dust it in there. Just I think Down it. to Earth always carries, carries. Uh, is it the BioLive? Yeah. If you're in Eugene, uh, I think Down to Earth's just in Eugene, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So if you're in Eugene, go to... Uh, down to earth if you're somewhere else you could probably get it online from down to earth or just find something with mycorrhizae got a web store oh, i I'm think sure. so it's worth a google yeah lacy's gonna look it up for us i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna see if BioLive itself has i think this is gonna have to be a permanent addition to the podcast this yeah. is yeah Google's a lot smarter than <laughs> yeah. <checker. laughs> yeah, it looks like you can get BioLive at like pretty much anywhere online we're oh. just plugging down to earth because they're well i think down to earth makes it Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, they well, obviously it's sold at a bunch of other websites. So yeah, that's that's a down to earth product. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. right there on there. It says down to earth at the bottom. <laughs> Man, we gotta get we gotta get some sponsors in here. I think we've dropped like six different products already. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> down to earth. Come on, Jerry. Come on. <laughs> Rob, you're gonna have to get one of those. Oh, biochar. Oh yeah, biochar. Oh yeah. We should do an episode on biochar. I uh, wish to have yeah. the. The man, the myth, the legend, Scott Altenhoff. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, what we well, should do? Fired up. I've so, got a kiln. yeah, I've got Rob's a, been making it. Char kiln. I've been making it at, at our shop. We'll have the big bonfires, and and you know we could we could do a, cool. a, a hangout fun. Can you uh, talk about what it is a little bit? Uh, it's charcoal that's not all the way burned down to ash. That is similar to just like um, if if you look at a campfire and you see the old old pieces of wood that are mm-hmm. kind of checkered mm-hmm. uh black charcoal yep and and it's really light and it has like kind of uh like little tubes in it that fill up with uh nutrients and water 
and then slowly releases that nutrients and moisture. Mm. And so it's basically something that holds uh, nutrients and moisture and slowly releases it back into the soil. And um, I'm by no means an expert, but there's there's um, a guy that I met out of Flomath, Oregon, that built this crazy kiln that he extracts out like vinegars and like different compounds that are disinfectants and like he he's at the cutting edge of figuring out what people can produce with biochar um i'm more just like well i have a lot of sticks and i like fire throw to my garden (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh but it it's super cool it it changes a lot there's a lot of uses for it for example places that have a lot of like toxicity Mm -hmm. the biochar can somehow like clean the the soil so it it makes it to where plants can grow in unhabitable environments i wonder if it's kind of like charcoal yeah use it charcoal. absorbs so yeah. well, it, it, is says charcoal. it is it says it's yeah. charcoal that is produced by pyrolysis which is the decomposition by high heat temperatures of biomass in the absence of oxygen it's used for soil amendment and for um, carbon and soil health benefits it is a stable solid that is rich in carbon and can endure in soil for thousands of years mm. yeah so yeah. it's just like charcoal that will mm. so absorb. one of the cool things about biochar is w- how they found out about that you could do this is through archaeological uh, discovery in south america because that's how they you know i mean south america used to have tons of people so you know, South America was more, you think of it like, you know, pre-Europeans uh, coming over there. They didn't have... Before we made everything better, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they uh, they didn't have stone, so or they had some stone, but like, you know, in Europe they made castles because stone was abundant and they had uh, much straighter wood so that, you know, down there they didn't have that as much. So they spread out instead of having like dense populations, they spread out. So... Uh, how they fed these large spread out populations were these huge, uh, agricultural agriculture setups. And they were trying to figure out how they could, you know, have these huge setups that would, you know, remain nutrient and feed these huge amounts of people. And they found by studying it that they had these crazy biochars and they still haven't figured out the exact blend of, uh, uh, trees that they burnt in something, but there was something about them. It was like over thousands of years. They think they refined this process down because a lot of those soil soils are still holding nutrients mm. about the same level that they were thousands of years uh, prior. Holy wow. shit. Yeah, they they probably had a campfire and then like peed on it, <laughs> <laughs> and then burned it some more. Yeah. And it was before they the had like fast really food and all the weird stuff that changed their <laughs> foul fecal matter. But really, I mean, we we would our crew would like we we'd have a big pile of biochar behind our shop, and I'd be like, all right, everybody, let's all uh, uh, go pee on the biochar if you got to take a leak. Sword it, fighting at the biochar <laughs> pile. Don't cross streams. Don't cross streams. Puts a lot of nitrogen in the biochar yep. when you pee on it oh you know and it's and it's totally fine for it so interesting my except que- for the person who has to spread it right <laughs> my question is what does it taste pre-pee and post <laughs> that's the question tastes like i mean there is fruit trees and so, lots of nut trees yeah yeah <laughs> i know i've used it with planting but do people use it as like just like a top dressing 
like oh, throw it in your mulch or something. Pig farmers, you know how the smell at pig farms is terrible. They'll put it on that and it'll reduce uh, the smell of the huh. of the crap. Wow. Oh, that would make because that's like that's the same thing for those little kits for like a portable toilet when you go camping. Sure. Yeah, they're like it's <laughs> like it's like the little black charcoal like if you have like the potty. I mean, we have kits so for fire. camping potties to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just, you just, um, but it's like that's what it's like a charcoal. Or I think you use a charcoal combination in the um, uh, compostable toilets. Among yeah. other things, but sense. I think that's a yeah, component that of it as well because you're, sure. you know, smell and also helping to think break down bacteria and things like that. And they have like those charcoal filters that you can like put on top of your like trash cans. Oh yeah, oh, I haven't seen like, those. Yep. Or the compost containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, biochar is a really amazing thing. It, I'd recommend anybody that's into um, you know healthy plants or just cool new stuff to look up biochar. Yeah, and I guess it's pretty easy to just make your own, right? Yeah, yeah, you don't need a kiln. I mean, you can you can make kilns really easily. You can take a 55-gallon barrel and basically uh, cut it in half and just have, like, a trough. Right. And you can build a fire in that and then just, just keep adding wood and adding wood and make it to where it doesn't really ignite into a big fire, but, it, like, right before it smokes. Sure. You know, keep it going, keep it fueled to where it's not so much that it smokes, but it's not too little to where it starts burning a huge flame. Okay. And then the... the uh, charcoal will just accumulate more and more and more you want it to be like 200 degrees at the bottom of the barrel and like 800 degrees at the top of the barrel interesting yeah and don't you want to uh don't you want to seal the oxygen off so it's not burning off the material but just turning it into charcoal under a high heat that's what you're doing by adding more and more on and you're using small diameter stuff it's not like you're putting big logs on Mm -hmm. you're putting twigs that are like an inch in diameter or half inch in diameter and lots of them so you cut them down to where it's you can just kind of like put the fire out almost but it's not like smoking a bunch so it's nice to use dry wood that's that makes it a lot easier you get a better product and uh and just keep adding it and keep adding it and keep adding it until the kiln is full and then you uh then you go ahead and just put a ton of water on it and just put it all out just completely stop the fire and then stir it around a bunch and then uh then you drain it out and then you can then you do what you call charge it and just you charge it with it. nutrients <laughs> or pee on it yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. what it no, is 100% yeah. yeah you charge it by peeing on it <laughs> piss all over it piss 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 but what's another option of charging it uh, you can put some biolive in yeah. it okay. we go. haven't researched any other options yeah. so. <laughs> we stopped to pee on it yeah, yeah. so then, when's the next uh, biochar event you guys have one scheduled uh, next winter. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the I fire, guess the that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll shut it down pretty quick right now, huh? Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah. and the Sperry shop is right next to a fire station, so. Oh, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they love us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. If you got a tree struggling and it seems to be soil issues, biochar could be the answer. And then pee on it. Yeah. <laughs> charge it. Don't Honestly, charge it. it's like the best soil amendment you that I know of. Wow. It's right up like mycorrhizae and biochar together. Yeah. Oh, that's that's where it's at. Oh, yeah. when when I saw that documentary, it's probably like six or seven years ago. It was quite a while ago, and it was it was like a mystery of the ancient world. They couldn't figure. They have you know they've probably figured it out by now, but at the time they hadn't figured out how that you know there's no soil we were creating at the time that could hold nutrients as long as this soil could. Wow. 
It was aliens, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, definitely. It was in South America. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. it was aliens. Goddamn yeah. UFOs with yeah. some fucking biochars <laughs> coming down. <laughs> they're coming down like, maybe we can help these idiots save this planet. <laughs> no, no. Too late. They're no. still, still going to screw it up. They're still going to screw it up. Just this one patch in South America that's amazing. Everywhere else, bullshit. <laughs> oh, boy. Andrew, story? Um, You know, last weekend was a pretty fun job. Yeah, it was me, Jamie, and Lacey, and we had a. So, I'll try try to explain this, and hopefully it makes sense. We we took some videos, so hopefully we'll put together a video uh, that you can see on the Facebook or Instagram. Uh, but we had an ash tree that was hanging over the neighbor's uh, house, and it was one of those tile roofs where you, you don't want anything touching that roof. And there wasn't really a good way to lower stuff down around it. So we had to pull everything back over to the client's house. But the the entire ash tree went over that roof. There was no, you know, pick in the tree back behind us. But there was, in the client's yard, there was a, a big fir and a big maple. And so they were both big enough, so we were able to run a rope from the fir over to the maple. And then, uh, which... How, what would you say was like 20 feet, 30 feet behind me? Yeah. yeah. And so then we we put uh, a rigging ring on that one. And then we, uh, in the up, the fur was a pretty good size fur. So we went high up in the fur, set a pulley up there, and then redirected it through the rigging ring for the lower down. And so I was able to tie everything off. And then Jamie was just able to yard these big old chunks and just swing these big logs. We, yeah, we basically created a like false crotch like a false crotch rigging point right? yeah just had like a high line with a a, a rigging point in the middle of it yeah in is hindsight that you, is that where your ring was yeah we should have used a pulley we should have like pulling stuff up you know but or, we are the ratchet in rock exotica rescue yeah pulley. we should have used <laughs> yeah. with 49 kilonewtons. <laughs> i would have done it but yeah we had a ring there so we we created a rigging point in the middle of these two trees. Uh, well, in the yeah, in just the middle of free space. Yeah. You know, it open. was it was probably uh, thirty feet, forty feet away from any other tree. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of hovering over the yard, which gave the perfect. It was in the perfect spot to be able to just swing chunks of this tree back and lower them right down next to the truck, and yeah, it worked smooth. Yeah, it the the one point that where it got. Some of those logs kind of swung close <laughs> to the neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> you you know. got to live life well, on the edge, though. No, they, they weren't really close. It's just yeah. a big swing. And some of them were like, what, eight to ten foot logs. You know, I mean, not they huge. They didn't take anything crazy. No, no, we weren't taking stuff crazy. Because, I mean, a system like that, that's a ton of force on that yeah, rope. Like, it's we true. weren't going very No, bad. we weren't. I mean, they were probably eight feet long, but they weren't, you know, what, like... How, what's the DBH on them, you think, the biggest one? I mean, the logs were definitely shorter than you, all the ones we were taking. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. just, I'm the just telling fish were, stories. The, bran- telling the fish branches stories. were yeah. long, yeah. I mean, longer. That fish was 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Swear yeah. to God. It, it the biggest The, the pick was at least 100 feet away <laughs> from the other tree. <laughs> you know, one, I picked an entire 180-foot fur. <laughs> yeah. One really important thing to take into consideration when you're making those, like, zipline rigging systems or... If you're basket tying a, a you know large limb for a crane pick or for lowering something out to balance out the weight, is that when you when you tie something off uh, like a zip line between two points, then you pull down in the middle. 
you pull on those anchor points way harder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way harder oh, yeah. Than, than just if you were to tie a rope on it and pull it. Yep, yeah. and it changes with the angle of your line, like how yep. much force is on there. Yeah, and if, if, if it's more, sorry. No, I was just going to say tree stuff, um, webinar with Taylor Hamill. Yep. Like, it's a rigging one. I don't know exactly it, what it's called. Maybe it's, you could get the title. It's the first one. Yeah. The one with him and a beard. Yeah, the one with him and a beard in his basement. <laughs> in his yeah. basement yeah. So <laughs> it's the basement one. That, but he it it came out right bu- during the pan- when the pandemic first hit. That's why they he's were He's got the- a rigging program on his computer. I, I wish I knew the name of this rigging program, too. I think it's expensive, not for, like, anyone to just grab and use, but um, you can set, like, rigging points and rope angles, and it'll... Sh- and the load and it'll tell you the forces on everything so he shows all that it's really cool and really nice. makes you think when you're doing setups like that oh like, yeah yeah, and it, yeah. you got to be careful of it, what you're taking it was crazy looking back to that that uh, presentation because you could change it by just a few degrees and it would just exponentially decrease the force and, oh, it's and really, so it's nuts. we yeah. we were thinking about it when we set it up and that's why we set up a separate lowering system and we moved the pulley that was uh, way up the fur, much higher than the than where we were connecting that that line, because so the the pull, that rigging system was taking the majority of the weight, and we were just using that rigging line as a redirect. So yeah. we weren't actually hanging anything off that, and we did that because I'm re- I was remembering that webinar and thinking there we was don't probably more stress on the rope, obviously, than at the uh, the yeah. rigging point. Yeah, well, yeah. At the anchor points is where the most of that, yeah, stress is going to be. Is where it's tied off on the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And um, so what I would do when I was setting up traverse lines would was I would uh, because these are in big, huge, old growth trees that are like eight feet in diameter and two hundred and eighty feet tall. They're really, really big trees. That, very heavy. That's a hell of a leverage and, uh, <laughs> uh, lever right there. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was concerned about wind picking up. And the tree is trying to separate on the traverse while I'm in the middle of it. And it applying some crazy forces on the traverse line. So what I would do is I would tie one end off on a tree. I would run it to the other other tree and then have it go through a Gregory. And then I would put a pulley on the line and I would I would make it three to one to tension the traverse. But then it would always loosen up by the by the time I was, you know, back at the Gregory, there'd be a couple feet less slack. I would make it go through the Grigri, and then I would have, like, a six-foot or eight-foot long tail, and then I would do a figure eight and tie that figure eight off on an anchor so that it was a closed system and it wasn't just going through that that Grigri. But there would always be a little bit less slack on it because the trees would, you know, once it hit that amount of tension, it would give on the Grigri. So that's what I would would do when I was setting up traverses because of that – you know, vector or, or yeah, additional. Yeah, you can really feel it if you're climbing around a tree and you set a redirect where the, how do I want to say this, your your rope is flat between your two tying points, right? Yep. 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 Like your line is straight and you sit into it and you can just see those like yeah. Yeah. stems. That, that is a funky yeah. feeling. So, so what you can do to counter this, well, and one, if you're going to, you know, try to set up any crazy system, I recommend you watch the rigging seminars on that Taylor Hamill did. Well, there's a few rigging seminars on tree stuff and just watch them all. And, all. and maybe do some less crazy stuff yeah. before you do the crazy stuff. This is good because yeah. that computer program was really sweet, yeah, like showing the angles and the forces that are applied on those. 
gets really into vector forces. Yeah, and it explains yeah. it way better than our dumbasses are. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the advanced arborist rigging theory webinar with Taylor Hamill and there Tree it Step. Is. It was one year ago. Yep. One year ago. And it was and like exactly right at the pandemic. It says one <laughs> yeah. year ago. Yeah. Well, so YouTube, YouTube, it shows. YouTube doesn't lie to us. So That's March 20th, 2020. Yep. So one, one year and one month. Okay. So uh, what a couple things you can do is if you uh, rig to the point and then instead of just attaching it at that point in the tree or tying it to the base of the tree, if you tie it out at a 45 degree angle, so instead of the force pulling in, it's actually pulling down through the trunk. Uh, that's a really good, I did that setting up a zip line for the kids because we have that, that pine tree that's not the, I mean, it's, it's definitely strong enough to hold a couple kids zip lining, but it's not a huge pine tree. So I secured the pulley at the top, and then I ran it at a 45-degree angle out and secured it to the ground there and then had a zip line out. So instead of pulling the tree over, it's pushing the tree down nice. into the ground. Clever. So that's called vector forces, right? Yeah. And when you're building rigging or setting, like, uh, redirects, you can see the vector forces in the position of your pulley. Yep. So if you set up uh, two blocks and you kind of wait the rope on either side, those blocks will, will move, right? And that shows you where the majority of the forces are going. Ideally, you set it up to where they're going right down into the stem of the tree, yep. right? Not like out pulling the, the stem away from the tree. You can also take and put like a guy, guy line into the tree that will put the force down on the tree even if the block is pulling. Totally, if right. If you counter yeah. that. Totally. Right. If you counter that force, then it will put it, the force straight down into the trunk instead of pulling over. And, right. Yeah. And so that's doing the same thing as if you run it through a pulley and out at an angle. So what we did, uh, which is different on the job we did this weekend, is by having the lower down higher in the tree and then coming down and instead of, we weren't pulling straight down on that, uh, on the line that was strung between the two trees. What was going on is it was kind of pulling the, the, uh, the line into the fur is what it was trying to do because the fur, the pulley was on the fur above it. And so the way the line was set up is it was up high in the fur and then it came, the the line in between, and then it came down to the base of the, or like 10 feet up the maple. So it was really secure on the maple. So where it was pulling on the maple, it was, there's no way it's pulling. It's a big leaf maple and you know, you're 10 feet up this giant tree. And so it, it, it just shows the importance of understanding how these uh, forces are pulling when you're using them because you can get away with these tricks if you know how to use the forces in a way where you're, you know, feeding into the strength of your system. Right. Yeah. But you could also really fuck up these systems if you're just... If you don't know what, you're, you don't doing. Know what you're doing. But yeah. so, so what I'm saying is a good way to see where yeah. the forces are. 100%. You see that block move. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, and Block. it changes if you pull or if you're lifting or lowering on it, you can see it move too. Right? Yeah. But if you just set up your system and kind of weight that rope, you'll see where that block is moving to and that's where the, the forces are going. So I just did a storm damage white oak and it was, again, a really, really awkward tree over a house. And the best drop zone was pretty far away from the stuff I wanted to rig out. And also, like, the best rigging point had a tear out on it. So it's, like, <laughs> kind of weak, right? Or not ideal. <laughs> but S what I did part. was it was a Y going up, right? And the tear out, let's just try to 
try to paint this picture the best I can. The tear out was on the left stem, right? So I put a primary block on the right stem lower. And I don't know if this is going to make sense. And then on the left, I put one a little higher, right? So the rope went up to the lower one and out to the higher one. So that when it's weighted, that lower one helps pull that higher one into the stem. And if you put the lower okay. one high enough, it'll actually pull it back toward that that yeah. other stem. And if you put it lower down, then it could still pull down on the other stem, but right. direct the forces more. De- depends on, on how your how your stem's going. Mine yeah. is like this, right? So a pulley here and a pulley here. When you weight it, that pulley's Jamie's so making, that's, Jamie's that's making a the, Y with his arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a great this podcast. Is, <laughs> a lot of visual is, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pre- this pretty this much the, watch the advanced rigging. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Hamill. This is one of the most important things that any arborist can understand yeah. to be able to climb single rope climbing or rigging. Yep. And be able to maximize the strength of a weak scaffold. Yep. It's like the most important thing that anybody can learn. Yeah. So I set that up, right? And I did that because that was weak, right? And now I know I'm getting those forces right into that stem. And then I also, I had a big swing going back to that, but that was like the right uh, drop zone, right? That's where I wanted the piece to go. So I got out on this weird limb and I had to take a piece that I wasn't comfortable just rigging off the limb itself. So I built a fishing pole system on that limb. Fuck yeah, fishing pole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what a, a fishing pole system does, instead of just putting a pulley out on the end of the limb, I think there's representations of this online where if you take the eyelets out of a fishing pole and you just weight it, you're going to snap the rod, right? But you have all those eyelets and you can just bend that thing all the way over. So that's what this fishing pole technique did. So I utilized... Two different things. I'm really starting to look at where my vector forces are in my rigging systems and just trying to be safe. And oh, that, yeah. that was a, it worked out sweet. So that was my drift line. The fishing pole is my drift line to get it way over to that other, other rigging point and lower it all down. Because you controlled it. You basically lowered it off itself to the other rigging point. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you had a fishing pole system on what you were lowering it off itself. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So I <laughs> beefed them both up by watching those forces you know yes and so it's interesting because we're talking a lot about setting up rigging to go to have an advantage but the other side of this is making sure you understand how trees absorb forces and where their strengths and weaknesses are Mm -hmm. you know if because that's that's the other you know that's what makes all this rigging work is you got to understand how a tree you know if you push straight down on a trunk it's going to take an immense amount of force to create a failure that being said if you pull over on a trunk it's yeah. a fraction of that force so that's what you're trying to eliminate is it pulling it over but right. instead forcing that energy down into the strength of the wood yeah and, and that's why i say watch those pulleys because you can yeah. tell where those forces are going yeah especially in south eugene yeah. <laughs> well, everything's on a hill and barely rooted so well, not you want that. the force just going straight down always or i mean every every winter where are all the trees on houses well and south it, eugene. It, it's also because south eugene has a bunch of firs and a bunch of trees that grow up right next to each other so if a tree is growing up around other trees it's not building the taper strength in the trunk right right different than a open grown tree that's used to wind or forces yeah me and Corey just did a presentation oh, on these nice. things. We did. 
As a matter of fact, we should probably just play that entire presentation right about now. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Lacey, right look now. up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's famous by now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can can anyone watch your presentation, or is it just, like, internal? No, it's only internal. We yeah, you can't it, watch it. You're not yeah. allowed. It's it probably liabilities of that, like. No, actually, we could probably. Yeah, these guys are well, liabilities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, well, you I, know, because people will be like, oh, it was a city presentation. I listened to it, and I didn't understand it, so I'm not going to sue you because I hurt myself. Well, right. you know I mean? so yeah. a lot of the presentations we do, they do put them online so you can find them. It's I'm not sure if this one is, though, because this was through the short school. Right. which was to get credits for the APWA, the American Public Work Association. I mean, but it is City of Eugene put it on, so yeah, no, kind of public record. Yeah, could I, I just don't know if it's actually posted anywhere. Oh, yeah, no, it's, you know it, it's, it's not posted. Uh, yeah, That's probably like, too early. I mean, you guys just did it. But if, if it is, we'll let everyone know about yeah, it. And, yeah. yeah, and we have talked. Who knows? There's no timeline on when it's going to happen, but we've definitely talked about doing uh, some kind of presentations that will – online and kind of explain some of this stuff because a lot of these concepts that we talk about are uh a lot better done with visuals yeah <laughs> yeah like that rigging one that just probably made no sense yeah. what i was doing yeah. no i mean we got the hand gesture so yeah. we're totally, yeah. you guys yeah we were totally fine I, I, was, I was falling i, I was doing ymca over yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> we know exactly yeah. where it'll land it <laughs> yeah yeah so. Oh, and we got to use the Porter app. I think that's my favorite, favorite, favorite piece of gear. And it's he had to talk me into it. Like, we were doing this big job. It wasn't last summer. It was the summer before down in South Eugene. We were taking down, like, South Eugene. Five giant dug firs on a hill. And how long were the branches when we were taking down each branch? Like, 30 feet long? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Ridiculous. And so I'd have to run them 40 feet down the hill, put them in the chipper, and then run back up because he's up the tree. Yeah, I, I had definitely heard. got my thigh work in that day. <laughs> yeah, it um, was it was uh, it, it was, was intense. Pretty, it was but bef before he went, he's day. like, "Oh, we're gonna get a porter wrap." And I'm, of course, I mean, we just started the business like less than a year, and he's like, "Oh, it's like 189 bucks." At the time, I'm like, "Shit, 189! <laughs> Jesus, we already did this. And I spent this and the did. You know, you look at all the and I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Trust me." Trust me, 120 pound wife, you're gonna want this. And like yeah. we were lowering down just huge. I mean, they had to see again hand gestures, like how how like two to three feet around. I mean, I couldn't hug it and touch my hands, and they were like six feet, and you could just like lower them. Like I could lower them down and walk them at the same time. Jamie yeah. has a twin. We're twinning with our porter apps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in everyone's kit now. Like oh, it's yeah. just yeah. like an essential piece of. A rigging kit. I saw your baby one. I got a baby one. You did. I, I told him one. this weekend ours is like Barbie and yours is like Skipper. <laughs> if they were Barbie. Just, they were, they were you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Barbie too, okay. So yeah. Oh, you have a Barbie and a Skipper. I have a Barbie and a Skipper. Shit. You're the most, you know <laughs> I'm, what? I'm the You're the most, every, every girl's envious of you right now. <laughs> They yeah. should be. But <laughs> but Rob has the GRCS, which is oh. like the yeah, Malibu that. beach house with yeah. the Barbie convertible. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's true. Naturally, oh, the pink one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hot Kurt, pink. You have the, the mini porter app, which I, I want to get myself one for in-tree use. Yeah. Fuck. Jamie, thanks for getting getting us off yeah, the yeah. whole table. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, we were going now. Yeah, I'm going to delete all that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in the podcast. <laughs> we don't delete anything. Yeah. No, no, no. It'll be there. You guys will hear us talk about Barbie. We delete a lot of what it's Corey says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, 90% of it. Yeah, that's the only thing only I Only if it's stool related. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. No, the, the stool stuff made it in. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was a really really low amount of material that <laughs> I leave it off. Anytime Corey says something intelligent, I delete it. But anytime he's talking about stool or anything like that, I, I leave it. You're in. just gonna start seeing like reviews like, God, that Corey guy is so dumb. <laughs> Why is he even on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker doesn't have anything. Have you used it in tree much? Uh, yeah, I used it in the tree just recently, actually, and it it worked great. You can use it as like a, a separate like block. Um, I used it as no, I used it in that walnut actually to rig out that that um, that big overextended piece. Okay, yeah. So there were we were Jamie and I were in a walnut three weeks ago, two weeks ago, some, yeah. somewhere in there, and. I was on one half of the tree. Jamie was on the other half of the tree. There was one over, like, extremely overextended branch reaching over the yard, and it had, like, nothing above it, nothing below it, and it had nothing to, like, tie into. So I was on a stem that was kind of close to it, and I was using that to rig it out, and you were, I think you had just come out of the tree and you were on lunch, so it was just me and Amanda, so I didn't have another grounds person. So I, I set up that, that porter wrap to be my friction in the tree, and then I had to lower it down, and it was directly over a fence line. No. So I couldn't um, I couldn't have Amanda both lower it out and then, you know, receive it on the ground. So I had to lower it out. So nice. that's what I used it for. Nice. And it worked yeah. beautifully. I got all my lines stuck after that, but yeah, you know, that was unrelated I, to I that. could see it useful for like controlling swings. Yes. Like yes. You just put put it around the horn, half wrap or whatever you want to say when you got like a big swing and it just slows that drift all the way over. Yep. You know? Yep. And then you like, you make the cut, you let it kind of absorb that first initial and then you can like take control of it or yeah, just or let it lock it off. I'll lock it off from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. The thing's fucking sweet. That's I, awesome. I've, I've seen it used another way too. Um, rigging out the top of a big, of a tall fur and the rigging rope was too short. So if you bring that up into the tree with you, then the, the climber can take over, you know, Definitely. once you run out of rope. And it changes, that would change your, how would that change your, um, the forces on that stem then? Because I've heard well, it changes it. Yeah. It, it's beneficial to have aerial friction in a lowering sense, right? Right. right. It lessens the force up there. Right. Because you're not pushing down with double the force on that. It's just the single right because it's all it's terminated the friction is terminated there in the canopy versus the friction is running up over a block in the upper canopy and then terminated down below okay yeah yeah that makes sense thinking of it like a base anchor right right, right. yeah yeah like this <laughs> like this you should, jamie just holding his yeah. little hands on hobby. not little hands i mean hands you don't have little baby <laughs> hands or anything <laughs> so i'm thinking Lacey, you and me should do kind of a play-by-play of their arm motions <laughs> while they're explaining the rigging and jamie's yeah. right like, hand is going like crossing over the fingers of his yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. it kind of does we should just put them all damn it you should add your camera set up in here <laughs> yeah. we could just send like click 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 and people could be like what are they doing <laughs> these people are crazy these people are they having a seizure? We don't know. Do we need to call medical help? Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Captain yeah. Huck. What else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been failing. Yeah. Failing. Well, okay, we got it on the last podcast. Okay. The one before that. I think we totally dropped the I've been the using cap. it for storm damage work. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's the best thing. thing can be very frustrating. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, it's, you, it's, it's, a, it's an art and a skill <laughs> yeah. to use the Captain Hook. Yeah, it is. But it's like a throw ball, just with a hook on it, so it wants to grab absolutely everything. One thing I said unless you want it to grab it, <laughs> yeah, then it's right. not going. And to. then it won't. No. Yeah. One thing I did was once I got 
to where I was going with my captain hook, and then I turned it into a moving rope system by putting a. I don't have a splice die on it. It's kind of hard to take off anyway, right? Well, you have to like unscrew the. Um, you need an Allen, wouldn't you? You right. need an Allen, yeah. So mine's just a double fisherman or whatever onto the hook. But what I did was I just tied an Alpine butterfly behind the hook, and then that attached to. I have a rope wrench system on my on my captain hook. So I tied an alpine butterfly and then attached that to the pulley and then popped the rope wrench off. Nice. And now I have a moving rope system. There's stuff in the way, so it's not like super clean, but it was like a quick, easy way to have a moving rope system. That's sweet. sweet. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and you can climb off that. Like you can untie your main tie-in. Yeah, you're, you're, you're it's 18 kilo. <laughs> it's 18 kilonewtons. <laughs> that's a giant <laughs> fat ass. You're not going to fall out of that tree. Well, I took the hook out of the equation, right? I'm just straight up having a moving rope system. Yeah. Just leave the hook in. It's yeah. <laughs> it's 18 kilonewtons, man. Just hook it around your bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a half bad idea. <laughs> Let's take a beer break. Break, yeah. break. The Tree Thing Podcast will return in a few moments. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, we're an hour like and 15 that. minutes in. I do want to do more in the future, like, say, post-COVID, once we're all kind of out of this and back to normal. Well, I really want to do more of those stuff, and I'm going to start reaching out to companies and try to... Nice. Yeah. Yeah, me and Jamie have been talking about it a little bit as far as, like, writing up curriculums for some of this stuff, and it'd be kind of fun to do a tree-thinking course. Or not course, but like a tree thinking aerial rescue seminar where we could all go and be part of it. Like oh. basic climbing skills and yeah. sorts of stuff. Well, and I wonder if you can connect through the ISA to see if it's something where it can be. Or, I mean, who is the certifying body for you guys? Like that will certify that this the is ISA, a course you can get Aerial CEO. rescue, like TCIA has yeah. one. Oh, okay. right. There's a cert, uh, certified tree care safety professional. And I think once you get that, and you maybe have to talk to them more or something, then you, you could be an administrator of those uh, courses. So you can put on any courses that are going to actually, but they're registered in such a way whoever views them can take, come to them, take them, probably take a test, I'm guessing, and yeah. then they get some sort and of CEU credits. Send it in, yeah. Cash. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% on that, but so I once, think so. Once I get that certification, then I can tell people to climb off the captain's hook without it. <laughs> yeah. And they'll take me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we could teach a class right now. We could also reach out to the ISA and figure out what kind of paperwork we need to do to get CEUs involved. Yeah. You know, so we could, without any certifications, what we have right now. Is Super easy. We we yeah. do it for our for our meetings that are in, in company. Oh, cool. So you, do you have a certification to do it? No. You, oh. no, no. you just, just apply to the ISA to be able to, you, you have to have an agenda and yeah. you have to like have meeting minutes. And then submit it to the ISA, and they'll give you credits for, for uh, the, like the duration of the classes determines oh. how many credits you get. Yeah, yeah. cool. Usually, so fifty minutes I think equals. Yeah, CEU. we could easily set up a that's that's exactly what it is. An hour is a CEU, or well, well I shouldn't say that. Usually, was, I think yeah. It's, yeah, fifty minutes is one CEU. We could easily set up a tree thinking class that's like a four hour aerial rescue training. Oh yeah, and if if we had an outline and we covered all these things we walked people through an aerial rescue and then answered questions for a while we could set something like that up pretty easily piece of cake guaranteed because doesn't tree stuff have it where you can watch their webinars and things and take a quiz and yeah you'll get yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get so yeah. i mean they, they probably went through a similar connection i imagine i think they've got just I don't know. It's just them. They're yeah. like, they can just do it. Yeah, like, we, <laughs> we did it. I think they just have carte blanche to do whatever. 
they they <laughs> did the same thing that any of us would do is you talk to the isa you say what do we need to do to get you know yeah right. make so it proper forward yeah. yeah that'd be a, that's awesome that'd be a fun thing for us to do well, i think you will do it you guys yeah. will do 100 percent. put it on the to-do list if the question is what else other than just aerial rescue do we want to i think do like down a basic climbing course a rigging course a climbing you know, course uh, i remember i went to an advanced climbing class and you know most of it was like throw ball like accessing a tree like there weren't really any advanced techniques so yeah. i just feel like there could be a better program out there it's like it's labeled advanced like come here if you're advanced you know yeah let's talk about some so vectors yeah vector yeah. let's talk about vector forces yeah yeah but, yeah. It, but advanced to me is you know anything that's not spurs in a lane advance yeah exactly advance is very relative it is it is you know? yeah and if you're like if you're captain hook advance like yeah. throwing the hook up to advance your line or yeah, okay that's a, that's an entirely separate but that class. could be cool like basic intermediate yeah. advanced or whatever so yeah. It's like anything, just divi- defining the parameters that mm-hmm. make That's those. what we do at Sperry when we do our aerial rescue. We break into different groups, and then we've got the advanced aerial rescue, and we've got the like grounds person, how to lower somebody yeah. out of a tree off their awesome. climb line sort of a thing. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, so, yeah, th- all stuff we will work on. So kind of think about that. We'll, you know, There's no timeline on when it's coming out yet, but it's got something that we're kind of – that we have in the works. It's coming out next week, so five-star <laughs> reviews. <Yeah. laughs> unless, unless you give us some five-star reviews, you're never going to see it. It won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen. Nice won't happen. positive comments. Yes. Nice Hashtag positive. emojis, all those good things. Smiley faces. Yeah, the more of those you have, the better. Thumbs up. And lots and lots of capital letters. All caps. Oh, do we have Exclamation any? point. Do we have any? Oh, yeah. No, no new five-star reviews. No new, oh, we need a five-star review. They're, they're not listening to us. Oh, yeah. we have some questions <laughs> that we didn't get into. Oh, we, we do. Or do we want to wrap it up? No, I think we're wrapping it up. Okay. We got, so tomorrow we got a big job. Yeah. We're going to be uh, removing a pretty good-sized cherry, uh, crown cleaning a big walnut. Me, Jamie, Lacey, Rob, and Sarah. And uh, then removing another kind of medium-sized big leaf maple. Yeah. And so we got a work cut out for us tomorrow, so we're not going late tonight. Yep. Put the beer down. Go yeah. Home. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you working tomorrow, Corey? No. No, no you're not? Nice. I didn't call you because I figured no, no, you no, were no. working. Uh, I mean, if you if you need me to show up. No, I have to. It's my dad and my birthday so i have to do that oh, oh. man well if it. you need an out just swing <laughs> on by okay, yeah. all right you, you, you know where the job is we'll be there i have to go to eugene i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. sorry i gotta go my buddies need me <laughs> it's an aerial rescue situation <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna use the captain hook it'll be great <laughs> yeah nice cool right on okay. well uh Hey, I love these random episodes. We really could keep going. We were yeah. during the beer break. We were talking about whether or not we were going to wrap up or keep going, and uh, it could have gone either way. We could have gone three hours, but we're going to have to wrap it up at about an hour and a half and uh, see how it goes. So, uh, do we want to do final thoughts, or should we just wrap it up? Uh, I got a final thought. I think uh, it might be time for me to purchase the CMC Rescue. <laughs> if you do, you need to do a review. There's no review on it. Oh, very Ooh, cool. Not that I saw. That's the $735 thing, right? Oh, my God. The yeah, fir- no. The first be... of something is always uh, a great opportunity. No. You'll be yeah. You'll you want to know why there's no reviews? Because no one's spending $735 on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a fucking pulley. I can buy one for half the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is no. not just a pulley. <laughs> I expect yeah. if you purchase it, I expect to Google it and find your review. 
And well, I want it intense, like two I, to three paragraphs. I want $735. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm in a, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hey, Rob, <laughs> you can't ask for five-star reviews and not give a five-star yeah, review. Exactly. <laughs> you need to let oh, the public man. know. Like, is it worth it? I'll, I'll call him and tell him I'll give him a five-star review if he gives me one. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, I, was, uh, I was not paid for this review. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> All right. Any Wink. other any other final thoughts? Uh, We're all staring at you, Jamie. Thanks everyone for listening and hanging <laughs> out. With us. Yeah, this is always a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate that. You know, you're there listening to it. That's it. <laughs> From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. For, yeah, thank for, you for listening to our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, <laughs> yeah, then uh, thank you because there was a lot of us kind of talking about. Okay, and then you put the rope over this branch, <laughs> and then it goes to that branch. And yeah, much appreciated. Any final thoughts, honey? I do not have any final thoughts. I think you guys rounded it out nicely. All right. Well, I guess with that, stay safe, y'all. I am. <laughs>